Welcome back to a freshly squeezed episode of the Flow Skate Podcast. Take your buckets off, let the hair flow, and sit back and settle in as the second round series are in full swing. The draft lottery is tonight. Another coach is currently looking for a house on Zillow. Lots of shit packings and shellackings, but before we get into all that, let's check in with our West Coast resident, the owl himself, Spencer Brown. What's up, pal? What's up? What's up? Feeling pretty good out here in the Pacific Northwest. We're riding high after another big win last night, but yeah, another week living the dream. I uh, yeah yeah I'm throwing shots. I'm I'm already throwing shots. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, I fully expected it. Um, I didn't even watch the third period because I'm a true fan. It, it, if I would have paid money to be at the game, maybe. Um, but I'm not watching that shit. Um, we'll 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 get to that later. I really. You had to come right here. You had right to come here. at me. You had to come at me hard right out of the gate, man. Like Dallas walked into a glory hole last night. Like they just came in. They weren't ready. I don't know what happened. Some dicks. Well, what happened was fucking Haskinen took a missile to the face and Eberly scores while he's flailing on the ice. So then just. Yeah, that's a tough one. Just that, that yeah, looks just so painful. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get we'll it. get there. We'll get yeah, there. we'll get. That's your fucking fault. Um, but um, I don't know. Speaking of faults, I don't know what this state like. What this statement means when um, I, I used to think I knew. Now I don't. When a team releases a statement and releases a coach and says um, we have mutually agreed to part ways which is what the New York Rangers and Gerard Gallant um, have mutually agreed upon. What does mutually agree to part ways? I feel like this is when you know you're going to get fired, so you just like walk into the office before you get fired, and you're like, hey, before you fire me, maybe I should just resign. Or does the office come to you and say, hey, you're a good guy, we're going to fire you, but – Instead of saying firing, if you agree to not cause a ruckus on the way out the door, we'll say we mutually parted ways. Somehow I feel like it's the coach going the other way. I feel like if it's management, they're just going to fire him and move on because they don't really care, whereas he's the one trying to save face. I just I I just used to think I knew what that meant, and now I just it just gets used every single time now. Um, I, I have no clue what it actually means to mutually agree to part ways. Like who initiates, who, who leaves first, who, you know what I mean? Like, but anyways, he's out, uh, New York's looking for a coach. No, immediately, no immediate replacement named. Um, I don't know. I mean, who were, so, we, we said Steve Ott was a fit in Calgary. I don't really, I don't think that's his vibe. I don't think NYC is, is really a guy like Otter's vibe, but like who, and I don't want it to be just recycled, keep recycling these coaches. Now, yeah. DeBoer worked for Dallas. I, I, I kind of wanted them to go a different way whenever they hired him just because of it's the revolving door of the same 10 coaches in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, I mean, but what are we looking at? Like who are some options here? I really, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I think Chris Drury is going to kind of pull something out of left field. Maybe I don't really know who he's going to look at. I think it's, it's going to be a name where he's going to say it and we're all going to go, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. 
but I don't think it's really going to be anybody on, on your radar. Yeah, I mean, there's really no – you haven't heard of any, like, big-name NCAA coaches that are looking to leave or anything like that. Um, it's not like they can go back to a guy like David Quinn because he's in San Jose and seems to be doing well there as far as the culture. The team sucks, but um, that's not his fault. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, it'll be interesting to see whether – they wait to the end of the season to see all of the coaches that get let go and see exactly who's available. Um, but I, I know there are some assistants that are very highly touted. Um, and I, I don't know if this is going to be kind of the window of when we, when we see teams making that jump to say, we're not going to keep rotating these guys. Let's go with this guy. Um, I so think we'll the young GM and kind of new management there is will kind of break that wheel. I, I think the younger the the management teams that are coming in, I think they want something different. I think, I mean, they they probably played for a lot of these coaches that get rehired. They kind of know their styles or at least played against these coaches. So they probably don't want them just as much as we don't want to see them. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And not and not to say that they're not to discredit or to say that they're bad coaches. It's just it, it's it's a new wave of player and I I yeah. think we as hockey fans want to see what a new wave of coaching can do with this new wave of players. Um because I guarantee you there's some innovative hockey system out there that we haven't seen that as soon as it gets brought to the right team it's, it's going to be like, holy shit, what is that? And the coach is going to be like, well, it's, I do this and I do that. And it's going to be like, wow, okay. So I think I think that's just kind of what we're all kind of waiting to see. But speaking yeah. of coaches. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue he had a legitimate Stanley Cup roster and just didn't make the adjustments that he needed to that probably someone younger, someone newer might have had some different tactics to do it. But I mean, that's kind of Glant's thing anyways. He's he hasn't been anywhere longer than three years. So yeah. Yeah. That's his, that's his MO kind of his come message in. just gets old. It's like, yeah, it's like torts. He comes in, he change, he does change the culture, but then it seems like after about two seasons of it, it just kind of wears thin and his voice just kind of falls out of locker room. But I've heard great things about him from, you know, guys like Obi and things like that. Uh, they love him. But speaking of coaches, the NHL has released um, a lot of the finalists for, some of their year-end rewards. Year-end awards. I said year-end rewards, didn't I? Holy fuck, stay hot, stinchy. I mean, they probably year- get some year-end rewards for getting their yeah, year-end awards. They're getting some year-end <laughs> rewards for sure, but the year-end awards. Um, so it is Dave Haxtall the, with the Kraken, uh, Montgomery with the Bruins, and good old Lindy Ruff with the New Jersey Devils for the Jack Adams, which is the NHL's top coach. Um, it's regardless of playoff exits, it's got to be Monty, right? That's that's kind of how I feel. I think it's the comeback story. And, I mean, even with the record season and all that, I think you might like – I think it's just kind of easy to give it to him. I think it makes sense, and I think it's the right thing to do. I think yeah, you could make an argument for Hackstall with the you know the, the season Seattle had, but I think this is Monty's year. Yeah, and, and I, I think people forget that it's not – you know, it's based on the regular season. You have to take the playoffs out of the equation because mm-hmm. that's not what they factor into it because um, sometimes not everybody that gets nominated for something is on a playoff team or a contending team. 
Um, hey, you I, can't I think say they underachieved in the regular season. That's for damn yeah, sure. Exa- yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's going to obviously be Montgomery, just like you said, with the comeback story, um, the record settings, all those things. Uh, there's, I just don't see there's a way he doesn't get that. Um, another one they released is the Norris, which is the top defenseman. So the three for that are Fox, Carlson, and McCarr. I do think Haskinen got a little shafted, um, but nonetheless, those are three really, 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 really good defensemen, um, and Carlson had a hell of a year. Um, how does he not get it? I think you. Ha- I mean, I I think you could add Hiskanen in there. I think Fox and him just is kind of a toss up there, but I don't think it matters because I think you give it to Carlson regardless. Because what defenseman on a crappy non playoff team gets a hundred points? Yeah, th- that's, that's nuts. That's, that's the one I would take out to replace Haskinen would be Fox. He just um, he didn't he didn't do it. I mean, it was a very quiet year for him when he's he won it last year, the year before, or whenever he won it. Yeah, it, it, there's arguments, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, Carlson to be on that shitty of a team and have that many points over 100 points is absolutely insane. Nuts! I mean, that's, it's absolutely nuts. But here's the question: Why did it take him so long? Burns left. Was oh you're saying you're you're making the claim that Burns was taking up all the offense? Yeah, I think there were two two of the same player battling for the same spot, and San Jose was already like, well, Burns is our guy at this time. But then they kind of had the switch when Burns's contract came up and said, well, we've got our entire franchise cap on this guy, so we have to ride him now. So they let Burns go. Carlson is the guy we all thought he was going to be when he came to San Jose. And, you know, now he's got his 100 points. Yeah, I think he gets it. I think that's a given. Uh, the Calder, top rookie, uh, Matty Beneers, Owen Power, and Stuart Skinner. Um, that's a – I would say Beneers, right? I mean, that's that's a, it's kind of a toss-up. I don't see – I mean, Stuart Skinner's still just weird to me. It's – I don't think he is that good. I don't think he's that good I don't, yet. Yeah, I didn't. That was like the all star. The all star thing was kind of weird too. Um, yeah. I thought there were other other players or other goalies that maybe I, I just you know no, no knock on him. I mean, I'm not. That's not me talking shit. That's just me saying you know maybe prove it a little bit. I guess, but um, also I I take that back. I don't watch a lot of West Coast hockey just because I'm Central Time and fucking sometimes those games start at ten o'clock and. I catch like the first 10 minutes. Well, I mean, so I haven't have watched do, like, a lot the of Oilers them. win games, you know, seven, four, eight, six. I like he's letting in goals. So I don't understand why someone would sit there and say he's rookie of the year. I, and I'm just going to make the homer call and say it's Beniers because you know, I'm a crackhead. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go, yeah. with, I'll go with Beniers taking, taking that one. Uh, the Selkie top defensive forward, um, Bergeron, uh, Nico Hirschier with the uh, Devils and Mitch Marner, which was kind of weird to me. Um, yeah, but you do you do watch him in the defensive zone. He is a little water bugged along the boards and things like that. He, he gives guys. He has improved his game significantly. Yeah, um, I would say I mean, you got to give it to Patrice. There's no way Bergeron doesn't. Just I mean, he, NHL, he's riding NHL off rigged. into the sunset. Yeah, NHL know. rigged, riding off into the sunset. We'll give it to Patrice. Uh, the lady being the top gentleman. Ooh. Uh, Jack Hughes, Anze Kopitar, and Braden Point. Um, I, you think he, You think Jackie Boy? You think he, he fucks? I mean, you think he gets it? I think he will get some in his career. 
I think you still have to give it to Kopitar. I still think he's the cleanest shutdown center in the league. I, you know, he shut down, he almost shut down McDavid for an entire series, and I don't think he got a penalty in the round one. But does so. he do it in a more gentlemanly way than Jack Hughes does? What does gentlemanly mean? Actually, no, I take that back. You're correct because Jack Hughes fucking UFC'd the shit out of uh, oh, somebody I loved the other it. night. So, I loved that. Yeah, no, I'm I loved it too. That. I loved it too, but it wasn't very gentlemanly. Um, so I'll agree that Kopitar Kopitar's is, will take that one. And then um, the ones they haven't came out with, the Hart MVP, obviously, Ted Lindsay, which is the player's choice, uh, not necessarily MVP, but who the players vote for, who they thought was the best all year. Uh, the Vesna, which is the top goalie, Bill Masterton, uh, which is the most dedicated. Um, so we'll see. Those are coming out later this week. Uh, Spencer, remind me to touch on those uh, whenever they do release those. Do you think they um, should start to change the names of these? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I I know who Bill Masterton was just because he's the first hockey player to die of, like, a hockey-related injury. See, I did not know that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, no, that's, that's why. That's something I just learned right now with it coming out of your mouth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's why I knew that. But that's something I had to look up like a year or a year ago, or whenever I looked yeah. it up was. Um, I I don't know who's Lady Bing. Was she hot? <laughs> <laughs> that Veronica Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lady Bing, so hot, want to touch the hiney. Like, were people saying that about Lady Bing back in the day? Yeah. I mean, I don't you know, know what who... you name them. The only one I know what you would na- like change the name is probably the Norris. You'd either make it the probably the Bobby Orr and just move on. Yeah, I, I think it should be the. I think it should be. Um, I think it should be the Orr. Um, you, the Jack Adams, maybe. I mean, the Bowman. The, yeah, I mean that's, the Scotty that's Bowman a, Award. Yeah, that's a that's a clearly a name um, that comes to mind. Um, it at least then, resonates with this generation. I think I think that would get a younger crowd into these awards because I think a, you know there's probably young, the generation younger than us hears these and they're like it's just an award to them because they know the name of the award, but they don't know the name behind the award. You know what would be a great change for the I just thought of this for the Lady Bing for top gentleman it would would be um the Korea. Yeah. Like what a like yeah. I mean I don't know how you would make that flow but like that's the kind of player like you think about like where it's like that right in that range of like late 90s early 2000s um Mighty Ducks era kind of kind of thing where he's he's got a lot of a lot of people our age you know, that 24 to 38 kind of age range, like they know that, like, you yeah. you know, Paul Curry. It's so it's that like something like that. Or just name That's it the gentlemanly award. <laughs> nope, top. Good day, sir. The good day, sir. It's a top hat and monocle as the award. Yeah. It's a, yeah. The good day, sir. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, Hopefully one day they change a couple of them to be a little bit more relevant as far as in order to touch on and and get a connection with the younger fan base. But let's move into our second round breakdown because there's a lot to talk about. Um, Since you decided to do it, I didn't do it. You decided to do it. We'll start with 
fucking Dallas and Seattle. This was not my first choice. I did not want to do this this early. But since we are, I want to play a game with you. I have two quotes here, um, one of which was not written by me at all, one of which one of which was reassembled by me in order to fit my feelings for this particular situation. But I want to see if you can guess where both of them come from. And they're both they're both hockey. Um, so here's my first statement that I need to release um, about the Dallas-Seattle game. <clears throat> I don't have any words, and I don't want to hear them. I am angry. I am frustrated. I am sad. Everything I am feeling, nobody gets. This isn't the ending I imagined, and certainly not the one I wanted. I thank myself for not turning it off until the third period. I mean, that was not your words. <laughs> No, I, that's what I said. One of them is not my words at all, and one of them I reassembled, which that one was the one I reassembled. Do you know where that originated from? I have no idea. That was that was reassembled from Tampa Bay's statement after they got swept by Columbus when they won the President's Trophy. Oh, God. <laughs> was that Stamkos? No, it was it was just the PR team. It was like, we, we don't have any words. We know you don't want to hear them. We know you're angry. We know you're frustrated. Oh, we know you're God. sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's one. And here's, yeah. And here's the second one. Um, I am so disappointed and disgusted right now. No pushback. There's got to be pushback. There's got to be pride. You've got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. Their better players were so much better than ours. It's not even close. Well, that, uh, that's the Winnipeg coach. Yeah. That's that that was that. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, ding. That was bonuses. Um, statements, but the first statement sums up my feelings on watching your team because it doesn't happen often in the NHL and it doesn't happen often to my team because for the last six years, we've been very good. Um, well, maybe not six last four, 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 yeah, five relevant. Yeah. Um, we've been very good, but the first one is just my feelings on having to watch your team get the living shit beat out of them on live television. And it's one thing to be the regular season because there's a lot of people who don't tune into the regular season. So there's a lot of people who wouldn't have even known that score or that game was a thing, but there's a lot of people who are just sports fans in general who like playoff on a primetime Sunday night game on a primetime Sunday night game who are watching the stars, like I said, just walk into a glory hole and just drown in dicks. It was embarrassing. Yeah. The seven dicks of the seven different goal scorers. Yeah, they they slurped all seven of those guys right up. Um I just the second one is just how I it's just it was just the, how the game went. There was once they scored that first goal, they panned to the Dallas bench and Pavelski was like, Oh, we're good. And there was guys like, yeah, we're good. But they didn't do, they didn't Mm -hmm. go out and do anything about it. No, they didn't go out and get pucks deep and put pressure on them. They didn't do anything. And then it was just boom, 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 boom. One after another, they, they just watched them fall into the net. Yep. They were in that, I mean, that crowd was going, the people were going, they were feeding off the energy. And I mean, they had that game in their hands before anybody knew what was going on. It wasn't, and it wasn't Ottinger's fault. They no, literally, absolutely they not, didn't, no. they did not help him at all. Mm-mm. And he, yeah, there may, a couple of them maybe were quote unquote soft, but your goalie who is proven to be one of the best up and coming goalies in the NHL 
is going to have not off nights, but off minutes where there's five minute spans where he may let in one, yeah. right? Where you have, you have to let him know that it's, it's okay because we're going to go down in fucking 30 seconds, which is what they typically do and get one right back. But it was, they just fucking shut down last night and I turned it off. Cause I'm a true fan. If you fucking watch that whole game. If you're a Dallas stars fan and you watch that whole fucking game, you are not a true fan. Cause that was disgusting. Yeah. I think, but it was Hiskanen that took it off the face. I think that was just that was too much for them. I think they all just kind of got into a bit of a funk after that and couldn't quite bounce back. Now, by the time Haskinen was ready to come back, the score was five to one. So that's why DeBoer held him out, which he, makes sense. He was going to come back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. He got he he got stitched up and was going to come back. And then by the time he got to like DeBoer and was like, "I'm you know whatever, I want to come back." DeBoer was like, "It's five one." period left. I don't think it's going to get much better to be honest with the way they were playing. And that was, that was, this was not like game one. They had life in game one. The bounces just weren't going their way. So there was still hope the whole game that somebody like Pavelski or just the team in general could do something like they did. And it just ended up not going our way. This game there was clear signs that there was no fucking pushback and there was not yeah, they had no energy. to be any fucking pushback. There was no it energy was on that. Crazy. But yeah, I it mean, was crazy. I will give some props to Pavelski because we haven't had an episode since he decided that he was going to have a four goal night and just have his way with wizardry with his stick and tipping pucks out of the air. Those goals that, were absolutely bonkers. That was my next. That was actually my next note on the series is Captain America himself. Oh my! Those oh. goals that he. I mean, those are not. Those are not tip pucks. Those are directed pucks to top corners. Yeah, he knows. He, it's not. He's not batting pucks out of the air. Going, oh, I. I hope this goes somewhere. He's batting pucks out of the air. Going top left, top right. It's mid bot. Like, it's. It's, it's absolutely it's a, bonkers what he's doing. 172 career playoff games, 69 goals, nice. 62 assists for yeah, 69, 62 assists for 131 total points and a plus minus of plus four. He's that's a hall. That's he's a hall of famer, right? I mean, that's not even a question, right? I think it is a question because really because he doesn't have a cup. He doesn't – I mean, he doesn't even have a gold medal, does he? No, he's got a silver medal. Yeah, so I I don't know if if being – yes, he's he is playoff hockey. He shows up when he needs to. But has he shown up when he really needs to? I don't – yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it is – it's at least not first ballot Hall of Fame. I – man, I kind of disagree. It it's hard. I have a really hard time saying that being a a San Jose Kraken. So, okay, fan, all right. So okay, so okay, so we'll just move it there then because that is a hard question. But let me give you another. Let me give you another brain buster. Um, will he be remembered as a star or a shark? Ooh. When he decides to retire, and I will clarify my last comment. I am a San Jose Kraken fan, as I am split between my San Jose Sharks. <laughs> And the Seattle Kraken, I did not just make a brain fart. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know because I think he gets remembered as a star. 
Uh, unfortunately, he's, it kind of pains me got... to say it, but I think we have Marlowe and Thornton to be remembered as sharks, and I think he's still relevant enough in Dallas to be remembered as a star. He's the thing is what people don't who don't live in Dallas understand about Joe Pavelski is he has got major roots in this city. Yeah, his, like like since he's lived here, like his family has really settled in. His kids play for the Dallas Stars Elite, so he's at these rinks all the time. It's cost of living is very cheap. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not a bad golf year round, and he's a stick. He's probably one of the best, yeah. if not considered the best golfer in the NHL. Yeah, look at so his hand eye coordination. No, no, I I just personally think like when he were to, I'm not saying he's going to stay in Dallas. I'm just saying with the kind of roots that he's kind of put down in the city and the presence that he has in the city currently, I think when he retires and he hangs him up, that Dallas ceremony is going to hit a little different than the than the shark ceremony. I just think it is. I would agree unless 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 his second career is in the front office of the Sharks because I think he might end up in someone's front office. So if he does go back to San Jose for that, then it could change that argument. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't know if he would go back to San to a San Jose front office. I'm just saying Dallas, maybe a Marlo Pavelski front office. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. Speaking. But, you know, I just think he he has a career left in hockey, so his next generation or the next life in hockey, depending on where that is, could change our opinion on where he gets remembered for. True, true. Um, but speaking of Patrick Marlowe, let's talk about a team that he won't really get remembered for playing for, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're dead in the water. Did they remember and, that and, that one playoff win doesn't doesn't get them the Stanley Cup? No, to, and I have I kind of have a hot take for you, and and I want to get your take on this. Ooh. If this were me, if I were Kyle Dubas, I first of all I wouldn't give a fuck because I'm probably out the I'm probably out the door anyways. If I were Kyle Dubas, I would even ask Shanahan and I would fucking tell Keith to pack his fucking bags and get the fuck out. And I would just let the assistants run it and just see if the team fucking backs him. See see if that's the spark because I don't think he's got the authority matter. because he's gonna be on the plane right next to him. Then then you know what? Brandon Shanahan has got to fucking step in. I think he's Shanahan just goes down to the do bench something. and coaches it himself. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Fucking t- tell tell Dubis you can sit in the press box if you want, but more than likely after this season we're gonna mutually agree to part ways. And I'm fucking canning Keith now, and I'm going down to the bench and I'm fucking doing this shit myself, kind of like a Rod Brendamore kind of vibe. Like get Shanny get Shanny down there, fucking little little toughness. They are. They're just Austin it's just Ma- bad. Like it's just Austin bad. Matthews is gonna be doing his best, Mista Mista. Get me out of here impression if they don't not figure this out. Like, if they don't win a cup next year, he's gone. I mean, they, they've they got a clear house. I think they're both gone. I think Keith and Dubas are gone. I think Shanahan's got to bring in his own brain trust there and new coach because something's just not working. He's got the team, and I don't really understand. I, it just seems like Dubas has dug his feet in on Heath. He's like, no. I'm not going to say I'm wrong. We're eventually going to win a cup, and they just don't do it. And and that's the weird thing about Dubas is he – deep down, I don't think he's the problem because he has made a lot of really good moves, 
and he is so good with analytics that he's able to manipulate this cap in ways that, I mean, I've never oh, seen Oh, for sure. Dick. He's made great moves as a GM other than not firing the coach that year in and year out has not done it for you. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I've don't. i never seen a GM dick twist the salary cap the way Kyle Dubas dick twist the, the salary cap and, and just hold on to the right testicle that does absolutely nothing for you in the process of producing semen that latches onto eggs and then creates babies. Isn't this a hockey podcast? I, listen, I'm just what, saying. What just happened? I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what the, what the fuck his problem is. That's why he's gonna be gone. Yeah, no, he's got to go. You get rid go. of him I and you get rid yeah. of Keith. Brendan Shanahan has to just reshape that entire organization, but he has to do it in a way where it's not rebuilding players. And he signs, resigns guys. He's like got the O'Reilly roster. He like absolutely that. has. The, I mean, he might not have the goalie, and I we've argued this for years that that's probably Toronto and Edmonton's Achilles' heel is they just won't bring in a top name goalie and want to grow it from within, which is fine. But you still need a goalie to win championships. But they, they just, I don't know. He hasn't made the adjustments. He hasn't got them going. He hasn't had the fire. He hasn't, you know, gotten them to get out of the first rounds his entire career until this one and now they're almost going to get swept out of the second yeah that is one area where you could say he didn't kind of put money into was the goaltending he he shoved money all around and and at different free agents and at different veterans to bring in a vet but he never really did it for a goaltender which was weird um and it's clearly coming back to bite them the other thing is when i watched that all or nothing on amazon i was not a fan no of i just got this vibe like i just he just seemed like, like kind of arrogant I, in a way and it just didn't feel like it fit the vibe of the locker room i don't think he's i yeah i don't think they they respond Mm-mm. to him i don't think they play for him and i like you know we didn't play in the nhl but we've been in enough locker rooms to know like to to be a fly on the wall in a locker room and go, mm, something's off. I don't know. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't he like just that. Seems you know like one I mean? of those like, coaches, like, like they, he walks out of the room and all his players just like snicker about him. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or he's the coach that he wants, like he wants to be too involved. And you're like, coach, it's the fucking our ping pong tournament. Get the, get yeah. He's that. like, where like, am you know I? I mean? Like go home, like see your family. Yeah. Like see your family. Like, I don't like fucking, this is for the boys. Like get the fuck out of here. Um, but, but yeah, whatever. To but if they don't I figure mean, it I out. Think Florida and Seattle are probably yeah. the most underrated teams in the playoffs. Everyone just kind of counted them out, and they're just keep chugging along. Uh, Bennett and Bennett and Kachuk are playoff hockey. Like I think those two guys are just built to just beat teams and put pucks in the net. Yeah, I mean, nobody, including myself, has given Florida enough no. credit at all. Um, Bobby is finally starting to look like the ten million dollar man that he is. Um, He's it's like a weird Carlson vibe. Like it took him a while to kind of figure out like where he like what he was. He got his to net. Do. I mean, and then all I, of a sudden, we'll this... say you know prayers and thoughts to Spencer Knight, and he's figuring out what he needs to figure out. But he got his net back. There was nobody knocking on the back door saying, "I'm trying to take your net." Do you think that's what it? Do you th- okay? So here's the thing. They they say this about NFL quarter. I would say NFL quarterbacks are almost eerily similar to goalies in the NHL. Ooh, interesting comparison, but I like it. They're always a little more quirky, right? Mm-hmm. There there's a lot of rules around them in which they're a little bit more protected, right? Mm-hmm. You can and can't do certain things as far as when you're near them and and things like that. Now, they always say that NFL quarterbacks 
healthy competition is good. They don't. I don't really think make, it is though. I don't it think it is. Do the quarterback good, any good to look over their shoulder the same way? I don't think it does a goalie any good to be like, oh, that's the guy who's going to take my job. I think that, and I think yeah, I think you're exactly. Right. I think that's a clear. I think this is a clear sign of it because they're so similar. You ask a, really any NFL coach, from what I know, they'll be like, yeah, healthy competition. It's just going to make a guy play better. But does it? Because for a position very similar, where we say it all, you say it like people say it all the time. Defense wins championships in the NFL, but you have to have a competent quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. There have been NHL teams to win Stanley Cups with not a stud in net, but a very competent number one mm-hmm. goaltender, right? With all the, I I don't think healthy competition is as no. I mean, only one guy say gets it net. Is. One guy gets in yeah. that one guy gets to play and that's it. And the other guy's just sitting there watching. It's not like other positions, whether it's football, hockey, soccer, and you know, baseball, basketball, where there's guys rotating in and, you know, other guys get a chance to to shine. If you don't shine in the time you get as a goalie, you're sitting there for games on end seeing another guy take your job. So I think him being in there and not having some, you know, yeah, they have a good number two, but it's not anybody that he's got to worry about. Oh, they're going to take this guy to the playoffs. He knows it's his net. Yeah, I mean, that's the I, I, I 100% agree with you on on that take on that. Here's my last three points on Florida and why they're doing so well. Brandon Montour has turned into easily, I would say, a top five defenseman in the yeah. NHL. Um, he like us, like somebody who looks like they will be up for Norris's in the years to come. Yeah. Um, with, with guys like Moritz Sider, whenever he turns into what he's going to turn into guys like Owen mm-hmm. power guys like Luke Hughes, like these new kind of younger wave of defensemen, um, that are really going to start shining. Um, he is incredible. Um, and God damn, he's a man rocket. <laughs> Have you noticed that he takes his helmet off yeah. and I fucking, I'm like six to midnight. Like it's, he's fucking good looking. Yep. Um, but He's plus minus plus nine and um, I'm sorry, he's got nine points and he's, he's a plus minus three um, on, on the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's great numbers you want from your defenseman. Uh, Carter Verhage, I think would be a six man of the year. If he were NBA player, Um, he does so much for a guy that they like for, from a guy that you wouldn't think would fill that kind of big role that he's filled you know what I mean? He he does, especially in the playoffs. Like he's he's the guy in the NBA that's come off the bench and scored fifteen and had the dagger three at the end of the game. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, that's, he's taking he's his opportunity to another level. He's yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing it. And then the the last point I have on Florida is, and I ha- I have to give him credit is Anthony Duclair brings so much like life and fire and energy to the team and. I want to shout out him because he's a guy who bet on himself by representing himself during his biggest like free agency period. I think in the one of the biggest times in his career, he mm-hmm. didn't get an agent and everyone said he was stupid, but he kept kind of betting on himself and kept kind of na- snagging these one-year deals for a decent amount of money. Um, and I think he's really kind of found his niche in Florida um, with the way he plays and that style. I think I think he he's a really driving force behind the attitude of that team. His career's been so strange cuz he goes places, he has these moments of greatness where you see what he what the player he could be and it just seems like he just gets buried for no reason. Like he doesn't do anything to get and then it just seems like all of a sudden 
the coach just stops liking him. And yeah, it seems like he's gotten to Florida and just has absolutely found his his place, somebody a team, an organization that lets him thrive. And I don't think anybody's having as much fun scoring goals as he is in the playoffs. He's that team's just fun to watch and looks like they are just loving it for the boys and are just absolutely having a blast. Yeah, no, he scores. He he it's it's he gets me for like I want to throw my remote through the window. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah. Um speaking of fired up, New Jersey came out um with the fire lit under their ass and Here's the thing. I give myself fucking brain freezes trying to figure out New Jersey, and I haven't eaten a popsicle in like a week and a half um, when I crushed a whole box of Nerds ones. Um, they make Nerds popsicles. Did you know that? I did not. Fire. Wow. Yeah, they're fucking yeah, fire. Um, but I just give myself brain freezes trying to think about what this team is because they go two games looking like they have no clue what the fuck they're doing, and then they put up a touchdown and convert on the two-pointer. Yeah. I don't. Th- this series is just wild. It just feels like whoever can play their consistent game the most wins, and they just—I don't know—they could not find their game those those first two games. That one of those games, one of those first two games, they wouldn't have beat fucking HC Tel Aviv. I'll tell you that fucking much right now. No, that—that's how fucking bad they looked. Yeah. No. It's it's yeah. It, it it's an exciting series at least. It's been fast. It hasn't been super physical, but it, a lot of goals. But it just feels like neither team can really grasp either you know kind of grab the reins on it yeah and i think these are the two main points on this series is jack hughes is so fucking good and he continues to prove that he's going to be an elite player in this league for a very long time he went top titty from the right hand side so easily yeah it was like a flick of the wrist yeah so easily after nason already got a piece of it um shout out nason dallas boy no he's the Um, modern day saint louis like he's just he buzzes around. You think you're like, oh, he's small. He's gonna get rocked, and he just he finds his way around. He finds the spots, and he just absolutely snaps the biscuit. Yeah, that's that's the main point of the series. And the other main point of the series is it's more of a question: is why do fucking teams still trust Freddie Anderson to to lead them to the promised land? Eh, I don't know. I don't get it. We have seen it time. We have seen it two times before this with Anaheim and Toronto. It does not work. They pay the man, and he has proven nothing. And and you 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 hear interviews with NHL players about like, oh man, like in practice this and practice that, or like I've like I've never seen a goal like he's so good if he could just stay healthy. Well, he fucking can't. And he yeah, we talking about practice. He's not that good. He proves all the time he's actually not that fucking good, which is exactly what he did in Anaheim, which is what he did in Toronto. Yeah, he had some injuries, but fucking A. At some point, if you're good, you're good. I don't give a fuck. If you're that injured, retire like Ben Bishop fucking did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just – it's just I don't understand why teams – and Carolina is very similar to Toronto, and until they fucking find a true number one goalie, they will not get over the hump, and I'm convinced by that. Yeah, no goaltending wins championships. I mean, it, it, it really does. It really does. Which, speaking of goaltending wins championships, um, last series to talk about here, um, which worries me for both of these teams, is Edmonton and Vegas. Edmonton with Stuart Skinner and Vegas with Brissois. Um, the, the key for Vegas is can they stop McDavid and Dreisaitl? Because here's some keys here, Okay. Stone has 11 points in the playoffs. Eichel has seven points. Petra Angelo has six points. Carlson has six points. 
McDavid has 17 points. <laughs> Dreisaitl has 15 points. Bouchard has 15 points. And Hyman has 9 points. So Edmonton's fourth leading goal scorer in the playoffs would be almost tied for Vegas's first leading goal scorer, which is a fucking problem. Yeah. I, I mean, Vegas's biggest issue is they're just, they've been in the box and they're giving Edmonton power plays. And when you have a power play that's snapping it at 50%, which is absolute insanity numbers, you're going to get just beat. Yeah. And the, the other thing with that is not only those guys putting up points, but then you have Nugent Hopkins who provides a little bit of depth. He's yeah. got, I think he's got six points. So it's like one of those guys takes a night off and it's like, well, Nuge is right there to get you a couple apples. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, you got fucking Evander Kane running around out there like a menace to society, causing lots of problems for a lot of people, gut punching Keegan Colasar like he was playing whack-a-mole. I mean, it, it, that's... Did you hear his are, interview on that? No, I did not. What did he say? Fuck around and find out. <laughs> That's literally what he said to the mic. <laughs> I was like, they're like, oh, we saw you giving a lot of body shots. I didn't even want to say on time. He goes, fuck around and find out. And I was like, damn. He, he looks like he's a little bit rejuvenated kind of after. He, uh, I mean, do, just like to Claire, he found a place too. I mean, I don't think that any of us are going to argue. He was kind of a locker room cancer in a lot of the places that he's been. He's had a lot of issues off the ice that are, you know, documented, undocumented, discussed, undiscussed, you know, whatever you want to talk about. But Edmonton has really just kind of stuck by him and given him a place to thrive where he doesn't have to be the guy, but he can play his game. I was going to touch on 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 the off-ice part. Um, Sportsnet did a, a interview recently with him. It's on YouTube. It's about 13 minutes long um, where he really opens up about, like, what was actually going on. And he kind of really touches on a big of a big part of his problem was that a lot of people in his life wanted him to fail. So it perpetuated a lot of these issues. And it, it was kind of like, which, which makes sense, right? When you've, when you've got people who you thought mm -hmm. you could trust, who are now wanting to see you fail in order to maybe gain financially the different reasons, different things, right? That takes a big toll on you. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what I was going to say is I think him doing interviews like that and kind of opening up about really the good and the bad of what was actually going on has probably felt like a big weight is lifted off his shoulders and that he can actually just be in Edmonton and be comfortable now and not have to a hide any of this. Um, and B, um, he can be himself and he's with it with clearly a team that loves him, um, and, and, and plays for him. Um, so, so, you know, good on him. Um, you know, for taking looks like taking steps in the right direction as far as clearing his name and, and becoming a better person and, and teammate and all those things. And usually it takes Edmonton, I was going to say it takes Edmonton a game to feel out and kind of stalk their prey. And then they just close in for the kill like they did LA. Like LA won two games. But when you look at some of those scores and some of those series, rigged or not rigged, they put up numbers on them. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of looks like what they're doing with, with Vegas. It kind of looks like Vegas. Yeah. Vegas blew him out of the water, but it almost looked like Edmonton was like just feeling them out. And then came out game two. and was like, here you go. I mean, okay. So here's, here's a weird question. It's a complete hypothetical. They win the cup this, this year. 
Who do you think the consmite is? It McDavid or Drysital? Drysital. Okay, good. I'm at least glad we're on the same page. We don't have to argue about it. I mean, that dude is a man among boys right now. He's... I mean, we can argue. You want me to go? You want me to go? You want me to go McDavid? No, because I I still think I'll win. But I mean, he's literally <laughs> he's playing a different game, and so is McDavid. But it just seems like he's the game breaker right now. Oh, hundred. That's that's what I brought up the other the other week on on one of the episodes was. When McDavid is not there, and there are games when he's not there because of different reasons, whether being shut down or whether extra guys are on him or whatever, Dreisaitl is pumping in points still. That's the reason there's 17-15. And he's the one that's getting yeah. them started, he's, too. He's the conductor of the train almost. He's the choo-choo. Yeah. He's scoring in the first period. He's getting you know assists. He's snapping around, but I mean they're both just playing. They're yeah, playing it's a different it's game. it's it's fun to watch actually. Um, but the goaltending for both those teams when they move on from this series worries Suspect. me. Um, but last thing we need to get to, and um, the draft lottery is tonight. The NHL draft lottery. The the, the Bedard, Bedard sweepstakes. The Bedard sweepstakes. This kid is nasty. Um, I've been watching him for years um, on YouTube since he was playing like select AAA hockey in, in Canada and things like that. When he was playing against like Matthew Savoy, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he he's a Buffalo draft mm-hmm. pick. He'll be coming in within the next couple of years, and he's going to be filthy as well. Um, but I've been watching Bedard for a, a long time. Um. He, there's no way he does not go number one. I would say Fantilli is number the clear cut number two. Um, but it's 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 yeah. not a question this year. Some some years there are questions. Um, it is n- like Shane Wright and Slav- Slavkovsky, but it, this year is not a question. It's not a question at all. Here, not here's even what we're looking close. at: the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks, have a 18.5 percent chance. The best overall odds at getting Connor Bedard. They have Troy Terry, who is a restricted free agent this season. They have Trevor Zegers, who is still on a rookie deal. And they have Mason McTavish, who is still on a rookie deal. You add Bedard into that mix. That it's also in California. The weather is nice. They golf year round. The boys are playing tennis. The boys are fucking, they're doing their thing. It's a good vibe. I, I like that vibe for Bedard. Well, I mean, clearly, as my San Jose Kraken fandom, I have to say I would love to see him in teal at our, uh, you know, 9.5% in the fourth, the fifth slot there. Just to, just so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, that's the but, definition of so you're uh, saying I, there's a chance. But if I take my fandom out of it, I think really I would like to see him on the Ducks. I think he would be a good fit in that core group of guys. Um, I I think it would be exciting. I think it would also be a team where it wouldn't be tough for him to step right into their lineup and not feel like he's stepping on anybody's toes or and kind of getting the chances and the reps that he's going to need to become the NHL player that everyone's expecting. Oh, him yeah, because be. you know – Terry, Zegris, and McTavish are just going to pump the shit out of those tires, and he's going to feel like he's he's on top of the world day one. Um, Blue Jackets, the Columbus Blue Jackets have the second best odds at 13.5%. Johnny Hammond Cheese, he is uh, signed through 2029. Patrick Line is signed through 2026. Boone Jenner is their captain, and Zach Wierenski is signed through 2028. That is their core group of guys, guys that are going to be there for the foreseeable, foreseeable future. Um, I just hate him going there because it's Columbus. 
I hate. I, I do too. I hate that for him. I mean, from a growing the hockey game. Oh standpoint, fuck that! It's probably fuck that. Yeah, Who the see, fuck wants to live in Columbus? It would probably be good for him to go to Columbus so that there's eyes in Columbus and people actually give a shit about Columbus again. But no, yeah. I don't want to see it. I don't want it to happen. I don't think it's good for the NHL. Please, please. I just no. have a bad feeling it's it's gonna. Ha- I just have a bad feeling it's gonna happen. But I. What if he re- he'll he'll refuse to go? He just gets drafted and just won't even go to stage. Yeah, he plays another year of juniors and then re-enters the draft. Yeah, say no, yeah. thank you. Um. Uh. Then third best odds are the Chicago Blackhawks, eleven point five percent. Their really two only players are Seth Jones. Shout out another another kid who played AAA hockey down here with me in Dallas. Um, he signed through 2030, and then Caleb Jones, obviously his brother, is on his rookie deal. Um, so, I mean, other than that, there's no core in Chicago. So it's like, yeah, yeah. it'd be cool for he'd be, a- he'd be restarting his franchise, and I don't, I just don't think it's a good situation. I think the expectations would be too high for him. him there. Buzzing around in a Blackhawks uniform, just that classic look, is is a th- fun thought. But the fact that he he can't be the guy yet. No, he. I mean, I. And then we're looking at him five, six years out of looking at the playoffs. I don't think that's good for the NHL. And no, they'll for, rig the shit out of this. him. No, NHL. It just. I think it's just not a good fit for his career. If they've rigged anything, they need to rig the fucking tonight to where he goes to the Ducks because that's probably the best for the game, to be honest with you. But the Sharks come in at nine point five percent. They have Couture through twenty twenty seven, Carlson through twenty twenty seven, and Hurdle through twenty thirty. No, Spencer, no. No. I think it would be a good team for him to go into with good veterans to learn from. I just don't think that's the right place for him to learn. Yeah, it's just not. Maybe David Quinn's a good coach for him, and he'd have a guy like Gadjevich to to fight for him um, and to protect him. But I just – it's just not. It's just not fun. It's not fun. Exactly. It's not a fun pick. I think it would be – fun. I think it would be good for him growing, good for his structure, good for all these, like, you know, it would just be good, good, but it's just not fun. Not fun. It's not fun. It's, it's not so exciting. Fun. And then it, it also exciting. brings the argument of the Sharks are, you know, three, four years out of the playoffs, and I think you want Bedard on at least a a fringe team at the very worst. Yeah, you know, a team that was almost that's going to be almost in the playoffs in the next year or two, or in the playoffs. So yeah, if the Ducks add a couple good, pieces good on, form. if the Ducks add a couple pieces on defense, um, and and keep kind of building, they they could are look, are looking at being one of those teams here in uh, the next yeah. few years that are are, are they've got goaltending and they've got goal scoring. They just don't necessarily have the strong defensive core that they need. Yeah. And then the Canadians at 8.5%, the Coyotes at 7.5%, which holy f- what a f- what a massive massive fuck job by the Phoenix Coyotes. You're one They mushed themselves. You're one fucking hope. Was that because here's the thing you would pack mullet. We've been there. We went to a game there. You would pack that place, whether you went Oh and 82 or mm-hmm. 82 and Oh, it wouldn't fucking matter. That place was nuts and they didn't give a fuck what the score was. They fucked themselves so hard. Their only yeah. chance at staying in Arizona was getting the number one, getting the lottery, getting Bedard, Building around that kind of as they're 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 fucked now. They're the Houston 
oil drillers or whatever yeah. the fuck they're going to be. I don't I don't know, but they're they're going to be in Houston and they fucked themselves. They're morons. They would have looked good in the Kachina jersey, but a, yeah, they're they fucking just, stupid, dude. I they decided I, to win games. If you I'm had that, one job. If I'm that owner, one job. I go down there and I I call a team meeting and I I take everybody's phones and I take all forms of electronics and I fucking scan the room and I sit everybody down and I say, "You fucks win a game, you're out." You like yeah. living. You like living here. You like playing golf year round. You get with the program, and and do enough to 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 win some and fucking. I'll get you a membership at the nicest fucking country club in in Scottsdale. You'll be sitting pretty. But you fucking win games. I'm canning your ass. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, that, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. Fucking morons. Flyers at six point five percent. Caps at six percent. Detroit at five percent. Um, we're really, to be honest with you. Only looking at probably the Ducks, Blue Jackets, Blackhawks, and Sharks as the main four yeah. teams um, that actually have a chance at getting him. Weird things happen, but I've never seen anything that weird happen with my own two eyes. Um, I, I hope it's the Ducks. I just have a funny feeling it's going to be fucking Columbus. Oh, that would be so painful. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, uh, I just, uh, yeah, um, just uh, images of of Michael Scott when Toby comes back. And he thinks uh, no! no, yeah, no, no, no. no. dear God, no. <laughs> uh, that's that's exactly what is going to be happening in my apartment <sighs> if if he gets drafted to, to uh. Columbus. That is where we will end it, though. Um, there is a lot going on. We have a lot more to talk about later this week. Um, we will get back at things, but we appreciate the continued support. That is the Flowscape Podcast. Hope you have a wonderful week watching hockey. We will get back to you in a little bit.